0: Hi, good morning. My name's Ben Atkinson from Raleigh, North Carolina, and I'm so thankful to be with you all today. I'm so thankful that Dave said, come on up and be a part of of you and what your lives and what's going on here. I've I've been here in Houston for the last few days, just uh, preparing, praying, and getting ready to film for this session. So let's just take a moment to pray. We're gonna read the scripture, and then we're gonna jump right in. Father, I thank you for your great love, your amazing grace. We love you, Father. Jesus, we love you for your love and devotion to the Father, to people. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your continued guidance and your counsel in our lives. We pray that you would bless the preaching of the word, you would anoint it, It would come into our hearts, and you would transform our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to turn, if you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah 26, verse 7 through 9. We're going to go through a few scriptures, but this is going to be really the bedrock of what we're going to go through today. And we're going to unpack this in a moment. But I want to, you just say Isaiah 26, verse 7 through 9, and might think, why are we in Isaiah and what are we going through? And I I want to speak specifically to families. I want to speak right into your home. I want to speak to the mom and the dad and the children and we're in the middle of covid in the middle of wearing face masks in the middle of social distancing in the middle of everything we're going on in a global aspect and i want to speak right that today into your home as a business person i've had to navigate this season as a leader of two nonprofits i've had to navigate this season as someone who was working on doing stadium evangelistic gatherings but now because of covid not being able to i've had to take my team and guide them th- really through the word of God taking the scripture and saying God what are you saying asking the holy spirit saying what are you saying in this hour as a as a leader i've had to to walk my family not only the the nonprofits but my family through this and What do I do every day with my children not being able to run off and play with their friends, not being able to go here, not being able to go there, wearing masks and having to lead my family well? And my wife and I always have a a, a saying, we want to write our story. We want to get out with the Lord and say, Lord, what are you doing in this season? We don't want to let the circumstances control our environment or our day-to-day. We want to not let our emotions control our day-to-day. Our emotions are there to help us understand what's going on within our heart, soul, and mind. But then Matthew 22 says that we should love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So I'm speaking to you today and just saying, I hear you. I feel you. I know what's going on. But at the same time, we want to get out in front. The Word of God is our guide. It's our lamp in this season. This is what has, has, has taken our family to the next step. And I want to I speak specifically how the Word, the Holy Spirit, has drawn my family somewhere today. So let's look at Isaiah 26, verse 7 through 9. Hopefully you had time to to turn there. Verse 7 says, The way of the just is uprightness, almost upright. You weigh the path of the just. Yes, in the way of your judgments, O Lord, we have waited for you. The desire of our soul is for your name and for the remembrance of you. With my soul I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you early. For when your judgments are on the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. And we're really going to, we're going to go and look at verse nine at the end of that. And I'm going to take a a, t- a time to expound on that. But I want to look at uh, verse seven here. Before I do, I want to do a broader understanding of Isaiah 24, 25, 26, and 27, it's actually considered what's called Isaiah's little apocalypse. It's his his end time understanding. Apocalypse is is the better word. His little understanding of the end times or when he is presenting the end times within scripture. And so as he's doing that, he is explaining two things and something we really have to understand. He's not necessarily giving a line by line, though there are aspects of that within Isaiah where he is chronologically or helping us understand what is going to happen step by step. A lot of times we want that. We just kind of go, give us the step by step so I can kind of grit my teeth and bear it and go through this. But Isaiah, at the same time, he is giving the character and the nature and the knowledge of God. And it's something that in the midst of everything, that's going on, the Lord just doesn't want us to grin and bear a situation and get through it. It's actually an invitation for us to grow nearer and closer to each other. In our family, we, we, we have this saying that they're in the midst of the pain. It's just an opportunity for us to grow closer to God and closer to each other. And, and we let people feel the pain that they're feeling within our family. We don't try and stop them. We just say... Okay, let's talk about that. We want to have a moment of of you're feeling this. Let's talk about this. It may be right. It may be wrong. There may be some issues we need to work on, but at the same time, We'll get to know one another. In the same way, as we're reading this, Isaiah is, is kind of putting back the veil and saying, remember, I met him in Isaiah 6. In Isaiah 6, all of a sudden, Isaiah sees God in his holiness, his splendor. And you have to understand something about Isaiah. Isaiah is the one who would have written the, the kind of the story of Uzziah's life and, and the leader in the beginning of 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 those times, and he would have sat down and written it out, and he would have been the one that took time to go through this step by step. And so you see this uh, in Isaiah chapter 1, for those of you who who, who can turn there, uh, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, what he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, and then if you go on and, and make an understanding, he, he was the one who was going to kind of chronologically went through and, and helped scribe things and make things, put things in order. He knew what was going on. And all of a sudden he has, so you, you and, and Israel was in the moments uh, uh, they had an economic cr- kind of everything was going well. But then all of a sudden Isaiah sees in Isaiah 6 the holiness of the Lord. And the economic prosperity began to pale in comparison to the majesty and the splendor of who God is. And I believe we're in a moment now where the Lord is saying, I want you to not just be so satisfied economically, but you've got to go forward and come near to me. We've got to actually get a little bit closer to the Lord and find out who he is. So back to Isaiah 26, verse seven through nine. And he says here, the way of the just is uprightness almost upright. So Isaiah is drawing us to say the way of walking just, the way of walking in uprightness is to look at the Lord as the one that is upright. Now you might think intuitively, well of course, no, 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 let me stop and tell you something, just how the Lord speaks. If you look at the Bible and you open it up, you see that the Lord speaks in so many different ways. He gives a title of himself. If it's big L-O-R-D, that's speaking of the Lord, the Lord God, the one who keeps covenant and makes covenant and keeps covenant. If it's small L-O-R-D, this is speaking of Adonai. It's speaking of, usually speaking of Jesus. And so in in the aspect of this, whenever God's portrayed, given a title, he's explaining who he is. As you begin to meditate on that, that becomes the answer for your heart, in the midst of that season. So, what Isaiah is trying to do is saying at this time, Isaiah 24, 25, 26, 27, he's kind of writing a book to the end time church. He's saying, I want you, Israel, the Lord is saying through Isaiah. I want you right now in Isaiah's day to understand the upright God, and I want you to look forward and understand the upright God in that generation before the Lord returns. And inevitably, I don't know when that is, but we begin to meditate upon that and overcome. Revelation 2 and 3, when he's writing to the seven churches, there's a different title given to each of Jesus. To each one of those churches. As you begin to look at it and begin to go through it, you begin to say, wait a second, the title that he gave is actually the answer to the crisis that they're in. So if they begin to meditate upon this part of who God is, it actually begins to transform them. And then they begin to walk rightly or walk holy or walk sanctified before him. And then in the midst of that, they get to see him and behold him, and they walk in righteousness in the land. And this is what Isaiah is doing. He's speaking to the heart, calling us to walk just and to walk uprightly. And then he says, because we know the most upright one. And he says, you weigh the path of the just. So he, he explains, you're upright, and then he all of a sudden says, your ways are about righteousness. So he's, he's saying, I declare this is who you are. You are righteous in all your ways. So remember, as Isaiah's writing this, I want you to think about your own heart. You know, we, we, we sit there and we, we constantly take in different news all day long. And what happens to our heart? Our heart goes on a journey. Sometimes it go, we hear good news. Sometimes it's bad news. And our heart begins to go on a journey. Isaiah is writing from the Lord and the Lord is speaking why because he cares about your heart he cares about people's heart here's the big thing a lot of people want to know what's going on but not everybody wants to take time to read what what he's already written and Isaiah 24 25 26 and 27 is something where he's already spoken and we've got to rise up and be able to jump right into this and so he, he says you weigh the path of the just so he's speaking about God as the just judge And so that is amazing. We need God to be the just judge. And and we need him in a bunch of different ways. And I want to just look at two aspects of God's justice today. Number one, where God's justice comes in wars against our sin. and, And there is eternal justice. We're saved from our sins. And we're saved not only from our sins, but we're saved for a relationship with God now where the Holy Spirit is convicting us. The Word of God is convicting us. sanctify us but there is eternal justice we're saved for eternity when we say yes to Jesus we're justified just as if we're never we've never sinned and then we're on earth we're being sanctified and when we're with him we're glorified forever why am I saying that because there's also the aspect of not just eternal justice there's immediate justice we need immediate justice for many people. In our streets, in our neighborhoods, people are standing up and saying, I need justice. The child who is taken from their home, kidnapped, they need immediate justice. We, we chase down the one who maybe had hurt them. And we don't say, you know, hey, you need to get saved first, kid. We say, we're here to save you. We get immediate justice. We bring freedom. We bring deliverance. So there's this aspect of Jesus, the just judge, God as a just judge where he's weighing our eternal aspects of our righteousness, but also he is a judge that comes into the earth in situations right now, right here, right now within our life. And there's the aspect of the just judge who brings correction. He comes in and he give, he says, "I'm going to help correct you. I'm going to help draw you. I see where you're going. And whenever we stand before a just judge, we have to understand. He is just, He is right in all his ways, which is what Isaiah is getting in, into here. I want to just just look at this as we, we go for the, uh, go after this, verse eight, it says, "Yes, in the way of your judgments, O Lord, we have waited for you. The desire of our soul is for for your name and for the remembrance of you. So Isaiah brings in this most amazing thing. He says, we say yes to your judgments. We say yes to you coming in and being the just judge that sits on the throne in heaven. We say yes to your leadership, yes to your sovereignty, Yes to your eternal salvation and yes to your immediate justice and yes to your corrective justice coming in our life. He's really speaking on these levels. And he's saying, I agree that you hold our eternal justice, your judgment over our eternity. I know that you're here and you can save us because you're a just judge, you love justice, and then I believe that you are the God who corrects us in the midst of our going left or going right. You 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 hold us together. Why? Because you care about us. And here's the thing. God loves you so much. Because this is what he's saying. Isaiah says, oh, Lord, we have waited for you. When was the last time we sat around and said, we wait for your judgments? Nobody sits around and says, we wait for your judgments. Yet this is what the Lord is trying to bring us into. Isaiah, oh, if you understood my leadership, you would understand I am so good in the midst of this. John chapter 15 verse 9. This is so amazing. Jesus comes in in John chapter 15, verse 9, and he says, Father, in the same way the Father loves me, I love you. And so uh, let's take a second to look at that. You have Jesus loves the Father. The Father loves Jesus, loving the Holy Spirit. They lo- God loves God. And in that same way, with the same affection, with the same intensity, with the same passion, God loves people. And Isaiah is trying to look at this and say, we wait for you because we know you love us. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loves us not based on what we've done, not based on our own actions, not based on how we've 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 lived and acted within this life. He loves us because he first loved us. It starts with a father who passionately loves you, but it also starts with God loving God. And from that, they say, come on, we want you to participate in that. God loves you. And this, 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 what we're seeing globally right now is a good father saying, I see where you're going. I'm trying to turn things. But we've got to understand, we've got to look and look at this and say, like, like Isaiah, he says, in the way of your judgments, we've waited for you and we desire." Uh, Jeremiah chapter chapter uh, 30 verse 24 talks about considering the judgments of God. In the latter days you will consider this. He's speaking, or you might not understand this now, but you will. Haggai chapter 2, it speaks in verse 6 where he goes in and he says, once more and in a little while I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken. Now you might say, shake everything that can be shaken. Well, why would God do that? Well, consider your own Children, what if our child was running across the street and it's a busy street and you tell them, hey, the rules in this house are you can't run across the street. You're not even supposed to be by the street. We'll take care of you. Please don't go by the street. And then all of a sudden, one of your children runs across the street. What are you going to do? You're going to do a loving parent will do everything they can to passionately say, no, you can't do that. Come back. You're going to Correct them because you love them. In the same way, the Lord is looking here, and Isaiah takes it a step further and intuitively reaches out and says, we love your judgments. We desire you. In John chapter 17, one of the things that we need to also understand within this scripture, um, John 17, I want to read to you so many. Verse 11, he says this phrase here in verse 11, now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep them through your name, those you have given me, that they may be one as we are. When you go through uh, verse 20 through 23, he says, I do not pray for these alone, but that for those who will believe in me through their, wor- through their word, that they may be one as we, Father, Are one, you and me, and I and you, that they may be one in us, and the world may believe that you sent me. The unity that God wants to bring, He says, I'm gonna give my glory to weak human beings so they can walk in unity as God and Jesus and the Spirit walk in unity. We've got to understand the actual advancement of the gospel is is will be seen as we are unified. Within the local church, there has to be a divine unity like never before. Finishing up our passage here in the next five minutes, I want to conclude by saying this. Look at at, at verse 8. We've desired, we've waited for the judgments of God, Isaiah said. We've desired them, we're desiring our name. Now we're not just, Isaiah is, is drawing in here and saying, I'm not just waiting for We're not just waiting for God's judgment because we want like God to come and judge us. We understand how much He loves us, John 15, 9. We understand, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. It's based on His character and His nature. You've got to go back up to verse 7 and look at the uprightness of the Lord. you got to begin to meditate. The way out for you in this season is you giving yourself to meditation on who God is, His love for you, His affection for you, His desire. What I do is I sit my family down and we make the Word the Center of our day. We don't make something else the center of our our day. We make the Word of God and who He is the center of our day. And then we minister to Him. It's not just we're trying to come and get, 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 get. We minister to Him. We love Him. God wants to raise it up on earth as it is in heaven. We look at verse. Verse 9, my soul, I have desired you in the night. Again, there's just affection, longing, trusting the Lord. And he says, yes, with my spirit within me, I seek you early. This place of us saying we've got to go after the Lord. We've got to pursue him like never before. And concluding here, he says, for when your judgments are on the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. I think we've got to rethink the word judgment. A lot of times when we hear the word judgment, we think God coming in and destroying people that don't follow his way. We've also got to look at the word judgment, the Lord coming in and correcting our paths. The same way a loving parent would correct the path that they are on or their children are on that isn't correct. A lot of times as parents, we always say we're going to change, right? We're going to do it next week. I mean, I'm just really in a hard time. And the Lord in His kindness, releases the least amount of pain and pressure to get the greatest amount of change. So in this season, how do we get through this? Let's pursue God and love people. I really feel that for us in our community, we've had to drop some of the bantering and the convincing uh, to get what we feel is correct. And we're saying, let's take this time as families to pursue the Lord. Let's go closer to the Lord and let's find out more about who he is. Father, we love you so much. I thank you for all the families listening here today. I thank you and pray that you'll strengthen them, that you'll encourage them. Lord, in the midst of this hard time, I ask that you would help us. And we take the words that David said in Psalm 19. He said, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Lord, we trust you, but we're afraid. We have things going on. We're not unifying this. John 17, it's hard. We have our ideas in our... Lord, I ask, we need you to rescue us right now. Break in, have mercy. Would you come and rescue our hearts and speak to us? And help us see that your judgments are pure, they're good, and that what you're doing is something we need to cooperate with. So God, give us your mercy. Give us your grace. Draw us away in Jesus' name. God bless.